Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, leading us off for this edition, it's George Del Canto of Kingdom Racing, which is involved in outreach for Christ at a variety of types of auto races at tracks across the country. Then you'll be hearing from Amber Leah, offering insight on glorifying God in the food choices that Christians make. And on this edition of The Intersection, you'll be hearing from physician Sandra Dalton-Smith, bringing to light what she identifies as some of the lies that women tell themselves and how they can experience freedom in the Lord. Finally, it's Micah McAlveen of Vapor Ministries, recognizing that life is a vapor, as the scriptures say. He actually was clinically dead for a few moments and now allows God to use him to touch the lives of impoverished people in Africa and Haiti. He is coming up as well. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. George Del Canto is the founder and owner of Kingdom Racing, which utilizes motorsports events in order to provide a platform through which the gospel can be shared. His story is told in the book called Godspeed, Steering Through Triumph and Tragedy. He had these comments during a recent Meeting House conversation. This is George Del Canto now. We saw our mission originally to build that IndyCar team, and we concentrated on that. And uh, we were able to uh, put the you know, the race cars on track and make an impact in the series as competitors. And however, I I kind of lost my way, Bob. Um, I thought that that was going to be, that was the mission that here I was running a race team. We were competing well. uh, We were going all over the country, but after a, and this is a, a chapter in the book, where it's called getting off track or going off track. And um, I was caught up in this competition world and to do better and, you know, where we qualified, what our lap times were, what were the latest aerodynamic kits that we needed for the cars, uh, how much of a budget we needed to raise and continue to spend our money wisely. And I lost the thread of deliver God's word through motorsports. And so God has a way of correcting us when we're on his mission. And uh, our original mission field is an outreach uh, ministry that we have in order to share God's word at the racetracks that we go to. So we started to have these events and I realized that that's where our real mission field was. It did not matter whether our cars were competing on the track and how we were doing. It was what we were uh, proclaiming and how we were glorifying God off the track with the spectators in the infields and the grandstands. So that pivot point came to us in 2016-17, where Specifically, in 2016, we had a car that was nearly, nearly a winner of the Indianapolis 500. And we were crashed out of the race uh, when we had the fastest car on track, and I was really upset. Hmm. 
but I had lost my vision for what God was doing is that, yes, we were there as a race team, but we and my focus should be on sharing God's word with the spectators, with the people that were all there at that event. And so that pivot point uh, started us moving in other directions where we said, look, we uh, motorsports is a wide field. We now have a great uh, baseline and credibility because of our IndyCar effort in years and seasons with them that we can expand out and make associations and contacts in other racing series, which includes sports cars, includes uh, short track ovals, and um, you know even considering some uh, drag races now. And uh, these are events where people are going. Our ministry is to really proclaim the word individually with those people, give them, you know, the dry, dry land right now. The thirst is great for truth and love. Mm. And so we see that mission field is really ripe for us to go out out and and continue our our ministry uh, in, um, you know, including the IndyCar series. We, We continue to be active there. So we have uh, over a dozen events that are on the planning stages right now for 2022. And uh, we'll, um, you know, anxiously and uh, just uh, hopefully looking forward to with enthusiasm what God's going to put before us. George Del Canto here on The Intersection. You can find out more through KingdomRacing.net. Next up on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's Amber Leah. She is an independent certified health coach and author of the book called Food Triggers, Exchanging Unhealthy Patterns for God-Honoring Habits. In our conversation, she shared about the connection between glorifying God and a person's food choices and habits. Here now from that conversation is Amber Leah. One of the big things I've learned um, in coaching hundreds and hundreds of people is that for a lot of us, one one of our biggest triggers that I talk about in the book is feeding our emotions that a lot of us would identify ourselves as emotional eaters and the problem with that is that our emotions are designed to serve us not enslave us and so if we mismanage our emotions and we turn to say food for comfort like i was doing at the end of every day with that ice cream it was a reward it was comfort i'd gone through some losses also during that time in my life and so there was some un Um, processed grief that I was really suppressing, I think, by my eating habits. And so I knew that God wanted me to turn to him, but I felt like the quick fix that I was settling for instead of processing through my emotions and really working through those in a healthy way between me and the Lord. So practically speaking, one of the things that I encourage people to do is really journal, you know, start a journal, journal out your emotions, go through a book like Food Triggers where you're, you have a prayer at the end of each section where you are saying a daily prayer to process your emotions and your feelings. Or even to, if you notice a pattern like I did, I would turn to the ice cream. What I would do instead during that time is I turned off the TV and I threw the ice cream out. And instead I got a great book that was, you know, just something I would enjoy reading. I'd light a candle just to create a peaceful environment after the kids went to bed. And I would really just spend that time 
um, processing and reading and having some stress relief as opposed to turning to ice cream. So replacing that old pattern with a healthier habit that's going to serve me. And I brush my teeth too. So after dinner, there was just that practical piece of, I got a, a minty, fresh mouth. I don't want to ruin it by coating my teeth again with sugar. And so that was practical too. But then also, again, um, you know, just recognizing that, that God tells us in his word that he says, be of good cheer for he has overcome the world. Talking about Jesus, that God has, Jesus has overcome the world. So whatever's in our world, whatever patterns there are, whatever pressures there are, we can be overcomers when it comes to our food triggers and these patterns. We can be overcomers when it comes to our emotions. We do have a God that is present and able and willing to help us with everything for life and godliness. But we need to apply some of those practical things along with addressing the spiritual needs in our hearts. Well, Amber, you were sharing earlier about how really God showed you some things in your own life, and he used a, a habit that you had developed, if I can say it like that, of closing out yeah. the day, kind of a little self-rewarding thing where you got a bowl of ice cream and you really were beginning to sense that this was not the, the right direction, the right practice for you. And so how did you see that God really got your attention through that? And how did you begin to replace, as we might say, biblical truth with this this particular trigger that you were dealing with? You know, in all of my different areas of my life, I want to recognize that really the purpose of our lives is not just to experience sort of a, a momentary pleasure, but really to pursue long-term satisfaction. And we know biblically that we're only going to be satisfied when our identity is in Jesus and Christ and that we are walking with him. And, and just to also recognize so that that is a journey. That's a process day by day. And so I don't want people to feel overwhelmed with this idea of trying to get healthy or fixing their marriage or trying to stop yelling at their kids, like in all of these different areas of our lives that matter, we need to keep the, the long-term view in mind that what is our life encapsulated for? Why are we here? What is our mm. purpose? It's really to honor God and to live life to the fullest as he designed and to be a light for him. And so the Bible says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And so I love that verse because it just makes it really simple. Like, Amber, you can even just eat or drink to the glory of God. You can just take this one moment where your child is setting you off and take a deep breath and just be calm and just allow yourself to be calm before you address your child. Simple little things that we can do, whether we're eating or drinking or just pausing mm -hmm. to take a, a breath for a few minutes and calm our emotions. All of these things are things we can do that are going to glorify God. Amber Leah here on The Intersection. You can find her at amberleahlia.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. On The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the Intersection Podcast. Also through that homepage, there are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. 
Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You can also follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page, plus there's a link to video content. Again, that website address, meetinghouseonline.info, or you can get there through the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and more. Continuing now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's physician Sandra Dalton-Smith. In a recent Meeting House conversation, she discussed some of the principles on which she elaborates in the book called Set Free to Live Free, Breaking Through the Seven Lies Women Tell Themselves. From that conversation, this is Sandra Dalton-Smith. The seven lies are based around seven specific areas. One is our ideas or beliefs about perfection, as well as envy, image, balance, control, emotions, and limits. And so our beliefs around those seven areas really frame how we live our life. For example, let's just specifically take the, the belief regarding perfection. You know, for a lot of people, they struggle with rest, they struggle with Sabbath, they struggle with taking time away because they're always aiming towards some level of perfection. They're trying to make sure that this is as great as they can get it. And their goal, what what they typically say is, I want it to be perfect. Mm. Well, unfortunately, perfection is an indefinite endpoint. Because if I said, I want my perfect meal, it might be perfect for me, but it's not perfect for you. And so you really can't hit perfection because it's different for each person. And the mindset shift with that is to, rather than aim for perfection, the biblical principle is to do all things with excellence. And so when you're aiming towards excellence, excellence has variables to it. And so what's excellent this year as I grow and develop will be a different level of excellence the next year. There's grace in excellence. There's no grace in Mm. perfection. And it seems like that it would be pretty easy to confuse the two. That is perfection and excellence, or and someone might, in in trying to be excellent, doing all things to the glory of God, might kind of like drift over to the area that you might call a worldly counterfeit of trying to be perfect. How do you keep? I guess how do you stay in that biblical lane of pursuing excellence and desiring to glorify God? without being just overcome with this desire to try to be perfect? Well, I think that's it. It's just making sure that you're taking the next step. Oftentimes when people are trying to do something with a level of perfection, there's a hesitancy to it because you always feel like there's more that you can do. You always feel like, well, it's not perfect yet. It'd be just one more thing. When you're doing something with excellence, you do it with what you have. You know, one of the things that we heard over and over in the Old Testament is what is in your hand. What Mm. is in your hand is what you can use to do with excellence. You're not always looking for what are all the other pieces that I need, because oftentimes it's that search for all the other things that will keep people in this place of stagnation because they're always searching for something instead of using what's actually in their hand. I understand in the book you have a prescription for living free. It's a five-part prescription. So give us an idea about what you have found can be effective in countering these lies. 
Yes. Yeah, so when I really kind of looked at these different places, there were five kind of steps that I noticed that many people had to walk through to get to that place of breakthrough. And the first one was illumination, taking a look at what it is you believe, kind of peeking inside of yourself and your own belief systems. The next step was activation, because even after you see something that needs to be changed, you have to then do the initial work of, of making a choice to change. Um, and, and that's not always easy. That takes some time. And so, you know, it's no different with a physician. If I tell someone they need to lose 20 pounds, they may accept that. But then the activation part is when they actually go out and, you know, buy the foods, the new healthy foods. So it's the same thing mentally. We then have to start that process. Um, the third step is transition. That's really when all of the work is done. That's when you get stretched in your beliefs. That's when you're starting to, to really take a look at what the Word of God says and start applying that to your own life. The next step is detachment. That's when you're starting to break free from the lie. You're, whenever that thought pops up, you have kind of immediately you're going to the truth now. You're, you're recognizing quickly that that is not scriptural, and then you're detaching from the lie. And then the last is expulsion, which is basically when you you completely break free from it. You are moving directly from the lie fully into that place of freedom. Sandra Dalton-Smith here on The Intersection. You can find her online at ichoosemybestlife.com. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, the founder and CEO of Vapor Ministries, an Alabama-based ministry that reaches out in Africa and Haiti, Micah McElveen, discussed how God took hold of his life following an accident after which he was declared to be clinically dead. He also shared about how Vapor Ministries was established and talked about his book called Dying for Purpose, Light for the Lost, Directions for the Found. From that Meeting House conversation, this is Micah McElveen. I was actually found face down in the water, no heartbeat, no pulse. Um, I'd been in the water five to seven minutes. Mm. So I was found and I was technically dead. But if you back up um, where I was at, my posture in life at the time, uh, really life was all about you know my gain and my glory. But I had a plan for my life. I wanted to do it my way. Uh, and I loved ball. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with ball. You know, I played football, basketball, baseball, but it's not supposed to define who you are. And so for me, what happened was, is, as I gained success in athletics, instead of being surrendered to God's plan for my life, I became consumed in a short-sighted, uh, me-focused uh, version of, of life. And, and God, meanwhile, was trying to tap on my heart and open my eyes and show me that Hey, look, he had things that he wanted to do through me. He had a plan and a purpose for my life, uh, but I was resisting that. Uh, I was all about my, me, Micah, uh, my ends. And it took dying uh, to come alive uh, to purpose. So tell me about your spiritual state at the time of the accident. Did you profess Christ? Uh, had you done that prior to that time? Or what was your walk with the Lord like at that particular time? Yeah, I'd look back and say, I wanted Jesus to be Savior, but me be Lord. Uh, mm. And so wow. I wanted to, I wanted to chart the course, right? I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to run, call the plays and run my plays. Um, and so I acknowledged Christ and believed that there was need for him to be my Savior. But yeah, I wanted to captain the ship. 
Yeah. So as I understand it, and you talk about this in the book, Dying for Purpose, there was a prayer that you heard following the accident. Now, this was a surfing accident. You were, as you mentioned, you were underwater. You actually were legally dead. And mm. so God, obviously, I think that the fact that you're still here, that, that, that speaks very strongly. But you heard your parents praying after the accident. Tell me about how that really impacted you. Yeah. So as you said, um, I was uh, technically clinically dead. I was found um, without heartbeat or pulse. Um, what had happened was as I went down to the beach, my brother and I, we were racing to see who could get to the water first. And I went running down and there was this huge wave that had formed. And just as it was about to crash on the beach, I threw my body into it. And when I hit the water, something happened, like a shock just raced through my body. And instinctively, I knew to lay still. But the momentum of the dive carried me through the water. Uh, the next wave kind of rolled me over. I'm groggy. Something's off. And when I came to, my body wouldn't work. So I'm mm. looking at the surface. I see the air. But when I tried to move, nothing. And so in the last ditch effort, put my lips together. I suck in water and I pass out. Uh, so that's how I actually died. Obviously, uh, in the book, it, 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 it um, unpacks in detail just that full experience. It's very uh, amazing to see what God did um, in and through even those moments. But bridging into your, your statement, um, once I went through that period of, of dying and then hospital life flight, um, um, my parents, um, ultimately having lost their son, experienced all of this, their faith, um, instead of faltering, actually kicked in. And my parents just simply said, God, no matter what happens, whether he lives uh, whether he's crippled forever, uh, whether he dies, uh, we will honor you. We will praise you. We will follow you. Uh, their faith was unwavering. And that unwavering faith, um, obviously faith has to become our own. God doesn't have grandkids. Um, but that, that testimony of faith, uh, even in trial, definitely served as an example uh, that has spoken into my life even to this day. Micah McKelvin here on The Intersection. His website is Micah McKelveen, that's M-C-E-L-V-E-E-N, MicahMcKelveen.com. The ministry site is VaporMinistries.org. We're nearing the conclusion of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can go to MeetingHouseOnline.info to learn more. You can also go to the programming section at FaithRadio.org. In the drop-down, there's a link to the Meeting House homepage. Through that homepage, you can find the Media Center, through which you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. There are links to the podcast, also to two blogs, The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House, and The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a link to video content. Again, that website address, meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.